When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Craig Burley, Shaka Hislop and myself Kay Murray here in the studio and we will start by talking about the Premier League and Brentford's game against Manchester City where Haaland had his first start since early December but it was Neil Mope who gave Brentford a shock early lead in this game. However, as the half came to a close, Phil Foden restored parity. In the second half, Foden added another two to complete his hat-trick and Man City march on. That makes it nine straight wins for City and five on the bounce in the Premier League. City moving above Arsenal and two points off leaders Liverpool with a game in hand. Well, let's welcome in Mario Melchiot. It's been a good weekend for Man City considering this win and the result yesterday as well. Yeah, this was another statement from them really. Yeah, it was Brentford and they haven't had... The, uh, the best of seasons this year, but normally at home they, they're, they're a threat and, and they were at times, but, but as I said, it was another uh, putting the foot down, showing who's boss. Yeah, I mean, that goal was a crazy goal to give away from a goal kick. You can't be offside and they utilised it well and maybe they worked on it, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but certainly, Guardiola will be asking how can Mope get that amount of space and how can none of my two centre-halves, even though Ivan Tony comes in and and sort of blocks Aki. How can nobody be stronger and attack it? But apart from that, some of the play, again, from City was outstanding. I mentioned it in the highlights. Flecken made save after save after save. I think it was a record for 45 minutes in the Premier League. Uh, and they just, City that is, just completely dominated the game again. And Phil Foden, he's a star, isn't he? I mean, we knew that anyway, but he is just oozing with confidence at the moment. I, I mean, one of the things that you say about City, and, and, and while they, they dominate games, and, um, and, and yes, Flecken was simply outstanding, you, you couldn't just, you couldn't help but wonder, even though it was early on, is this going to be one of those days for Manchester City? But, as I say, even though they possess the ball the way that they do, there never ever seems to be a sense of panic about who they are and, and, and how they're going to break down the, the opposition. So you felt it was always, it was only a matter of time. And things, the, this is the time of the season when great teams really start to, to, to turn it on. We could talk about United back in the day, City in, in seasons gone by. This is when they, they seem to be at their best. And while we've been rightly critical of City for a number of reasons earlier on, now all of a sudden they're tuning out results. Kevin De Bruyne sees about 90 minutes. Haaland sees significant minutes as well. Um, the only concern, and uh, which Pep Guardiola addressed after the game, is that they're still not able to keep clean sheets. But if you're able to produce kind of controlled performances as you do today, uh, there's not an awful lot to panic but thin margins when it comes to, to City and, and their expectations. Yeah, like the guys were saying, Mario, Phil Foden, it's nothing new to us, but he's a bit special, isn't he? No, definitely. You know, watching the game today, um, the way his first goal already said a lot about his confidence. You know, when he pulled the ball in his chest and then, OK, he put it through legs, but just the way he was, how calm he did that. And uh, they had a goal, he came out after the game, with his head. So saying that, he, he, they asked him a couple of questions also about the national team. 
what position do you want to play? Look, I'm playing in the middle now, and that's the position where I want to play. But I also have to understand that sometimes at City, I might not always play in my favorite position. So sometimes I got to move out to the left or the right. And he said in the national team is a similarity. So for him now, what he's working on is hoping that he can get in that position where he feels comfortable and is behind the striker, like a kind of number 10 kind of role. Um, in England, it's difficult with Bellingham, of course, but he won't. Either they play two of them, but that will be the tricky part with Rice behind them. So that's why for him, being that comfortable and in the sense of like talking about it and thinking about it says a lot about where he is now. And I like the way he plays. He feels good. He said, at this moment, I feel the most confident that I've been playing for City. Given that we've got you guys on tonight, we wanted to revisit what happened between Arsenal and Liverpool on Sunday when Arsenal beat Liverpool and moved to within two points of them in the table. Let's revisit some of the key moments. Craig, I'll start with you. What about Gabriel Martinelli's goal and the mix-up between Van Dijk and Alisson? Who's at fault here? Uh, I think it's Van Dijk. The centre-half's job is to be strong and clear the ball, which he doesn't do. And look, they had a bad day at the office in terms of defending and you know they're two of the Liverpool's best players and have been uh, this season so there's no there's no reason to panic it's just two guys that are hugely experienced and they're world-class operators just didn't deal with this this scenario uh, I, 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 I think bearing in mind it's unlikely and it's not a great decision from Alisson but bearing in mind it's unlikely this ball's going to go all the way through with the, with the lack of pace on it to the goalkeeper. I think the centre-half has to deal with it. And I think he would be, if we were given a percentage of culpability, I would say 70 or 80 percent is on him to just bail his goalkeeper out. Checker. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, I think the final mistake is, is down to Alisson because he, he doesn't make contact with the ball, probably because he clips the, the hip of, of Van Dijk. But I, I think he's kind of forced into making that decision to come because, because Van Dijk is trying to let the ball run all the way through. Now, to start with, you understand the high position of Alisson because you, you take that position as, as, just as a precaution, just in case Van Dijk slips or something of the sort. Van Dijk has a quick look, probably thinks uh, Alisson is more advanced than, than he is or is, is coming. And for, for, for a very strange reason, decides to let it go. And it's, it's not going to get there. I think that forces Alisson into making, making the decision. Um, and, then, and then, you know, as I say, he's in a little bit of a hiding to nothing. So the, the, the brunt of, of, of the blame, I, I think, falls at Van Dijk's feet. I don't think that's the problem, though. I, think, I don't think that, that... I really don't believe that mistake is the biggest problem. I think the first goal is a much bigger problem than that. Because mistakes happen, bad decisions happen. But if you look at the first goal for Arsenal, Bukaya Saka, it starts from rear, it's passed around at the back, it's passed into midfield, it's gone back to the back, it's gone back out to the right-hand side long before this, right? Long before this. It has gone back and forth and back and forth and then they get it out to Zinchenko and then Alexander-Arnold is, is pushed on Kanate's uh, out of position, which I know Stevie talked about yesterday. And now Kanate's in the right back. So it got, it, it, the first goal starts from Arsenal playing out from the back, side to side, midfield, side to side, and then they isolate the left-hand side. And then before you know it, Liverpool are lopsided and either Van Dijk has to come across or there's a big gap. And I think that is much more worrying for Liverpool 
than two supremely talented guys making a mistake. Because mistakes happen. But the actual the actual makeup of the Liverpool unit when Arsenal broke them down several times in this game, but more importantly that one, they were torn to shreds. If you want to go back and look at this move, this first goal from Arsenal, go back and watch it. Right? It's probably, I'm guessing, 40, 45 seconds in the making, maybe more, maybe, maybe just a little less, and it tears Liverpool to shreds on that side. And again, I go back to it. Stevie touched on it yesterday. When Kanati, when at this moment in time, and Liverpool have been great, but teams are going to exploit this. All first half, in behind, in behind for Martinelli. If it's not on, they played short, they waited, they sucked Alexander Arnold in, they hit it in behind. And if Kanati went out to that right hand side, there was a big gap that went down the middle. And if that wasn't on, they switched it to Saka. And I think Liverpool have to deal with this, you know, mechanic of the team that has this fantastic football in Alexander-Arnold. But it means Ibrahim Kanati is going to have to play a hybrid between right-sided centre-back and right full-back. Now, that gives the left-back and the left-sided centre-back a big problem. And that's something Liverpool are going to have to work out between now and the end of the season. They've been great. It was exposed badly in that game yesterday. And I think that's a bigger problem much bigger than two people making a mistake is the fact that teams, particularly the elite teams, will try and hit Liverpool on that area and in that area. And I think that's if they don't figure that out between now and end of the season, they will not win this league. So what, how do you actually look at making the solution there, though? Like, how do you actually stop that happening continually and other teams doing this? Well, if you've got pace on that side, and they did with Martinelli, and he was sharp and he was fast yesterday and he was a threat... All game, it was a surprise he went off, but he went off, Trossard comes on and he scores. But it, it, it basically means you have to shuffle the whole back line across and then if, if it's Robertson that's in there, he comes across. It means one of the midfielders has got to be aware that he might have to tuck round a little bit more on that side because they may then switch to play. So it is a problem and for all, for all that Alexander-Arnold does, and he, he wasn't, yesterday he wasn't defensively horrible. There was a couple of times in the game that he got, he got skinned too easily. But it's just the way they play, right? And what happens is, the, ultimately, Gomez and Van Dijk and Kanati will, will ship across. And that's just the makeup of, of how they play. And Arsenal, I thought, you know, for all the talk about celebrations and, uh, and, and over-celebrating and the manager, I just felt Arsenal yesterday completely controlled the game, but figured out where to get at Liverpool's weak points. And that first goal was an absolute pinpoint accuracy of how to get at this Liverpool team. I mean, the, the room that eventually, when, for the through ball, when it, when it went into Odegaard, when he clipped it through to Havertz, the room he had was incredible. It wasn't a great finish, and Saka bailed him out. But the way that Arsenal exploited it, go back and watch it. It's, it's yeah. between 30 <laughs> seconds and a minute, uh, Mario, from David Raya to them scoring... Yeah. They just, Liverpool never got a sniff on the ball. No, but you see also what they did with McAllister. You see, McAllister sits normally in front of the defence. They pulled him out. If you see the goal, like the one that you highlighted, it was Van Dijk coming into the middle and trying to, you know, put pressure in the middle of Arsenal. And then they had the gap behind him. And Konate was right of his man. 
instead of like tucking in the middle and making Trent come a little bit inside, this is what they what they also were waiting for is to see how are they going to react to two center halves? Are they going to come short and drop in the middle or are they going to drop off? And I feel like also when you look at uh, Gravenberg and Jones, they, they almost dictated them in a sense of like with Odegaard with moving around and the energy that he was possessing and, and also the, the way he rides. And then they set Jorginho right in the middle in front of the defense and just controlled the game. That's all he had to do is making sure that he dictates and the way he plays, he was like making Rice be a little bit more freer and Odegaard be the more the advanced one. And that was kind of like the difficulty for Liverpool because McAllister was always looking, where do I have to go? And I think that was the biggest, one of the big keys as well for them to see like how they could um, hurt them. And, and then it was Arsenal that let Liverpool come back into the game eh? because the way, what is it, Gabriel, that when he marks, covers the ball up, you know, and uh, Diaz uh, touches the ball to get to concede. That moment was almost like letting them come back in the game, but they were in control. And I think that's what was the celebration of Ateta, because he was a number 10. And his position was always try to hurt you in the sense of like playing around that number 10 position and seeing how he could drop off to give you, give you more play, uh, problems when he was playing for Everton. So that's why I felt like Odegaard was doing similarities. When we were talking yesterday, well, when Dan was talking to the team yesterday, he put it out and he said, silly question, no Salah, no Sobers lie. Obviously, Nunez, not 100%. Does that factor into what we saw yesterday? Yeah, it, it factors. I, I, replacing, replacing those kinds of players is, is not easy. Even for a team like Liverpool, even for a team that in the weeks come leading up to this game, we've, we've sang the praises of. I, because it they, seemed as though they were able to cope with, with those losses, um, those, those player losses, so easily. Um, and and while, I have to say, while, while yes, we could criticise a lot about Liverpool on the day, um, I, f I felt this was more about Arsenal. We are, we're a couple of weeks removed from Liverpool winning at the Emirates in the FA Cup. Con easily. And I, I thought what, what, you, what you saw now is, is, a, is an Arsenal team that, and, and Mikel Arteta has to, has, to get, has to get all the praise for this, kind of learned the lessons from the day and, and readjusted. At no point I thought Liverpool were in the game. Even though it took that... It, it, it took the mistake in, in, in the second half to, 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 see, to see Arsenal take the lead. And, and that's an individual mistake. But I've sat here time and time again and said that I really would love to know what Jurgen Klopp says at halftime. Because whenever Liverpool are poor in the first half, you can almost guarantee you are going to see one of the best footballing displays in the second. He has this way of, of turning Liverpool around um, during that halftime break. Yet, I, I never got that sense. And yes, it was a mistake in the second half for the faster to go ahead. But I thought they controlled the game. I, I thought Arsenal controlled the game fully. So I, I, was, I am less critical of Liverpool than I am full of praise for Arsenal and how, how they just controlled a very good Liverpool team. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Shaq. I mean, this is, you know, we can talk about those players for Liverpool, and, and that's, that's undeniable, but, you know, Arsenal were without Gabriel Jesus, yeah. and I'll hear people say, well, he hasn't been the best, but he's replaced by Havertz, who's been, let's be honest, a passenger. Jorginho comes in, he's a good player, but he's been a sub, right? He hasn't been a starter, really. Did a great job. That was, a, that was the, tactically, in terms of the makeup of the side, a very good move. It's something we've been talking about in the show for a while, that Declan Rice needs another person in there that's going to help him to allow Rice a little bit more freedom 
Uh, he still has a defensive job to do, but it allow him and Odegaard, as Mario mentioned, to go and play. So Arsenal were, were not without their own issues. They just did a much better job on the day. And I think Klopp basically said that. He says, look, this team turned up, dominant, you know, controlled the game, uh, outplayed us. You know, if you look at the uh, expected goals and all the other sort of stuff with it, it was a dominant performance. And they made it, yeah, both teams made mistakes for, for each of the goals. But you can't deny that Arsenal were, were the side yesterday that looked slick from the start. Until the finish. I, I think that's the story. the story. The story is not the mistakes. The story is not the celebrations. The story is not Liverpool's <laughs> players missing. The, the story here for me is exactly how good Arsenal were. What about the third goal though for Arsenal? What did you make of Alisson there? I, I, it's, it's difficult because it gets a deflection. So you, as a keeper, you react as the ball comes off the, the striker's foot, which, which, which um, it did with Trossard. But you, it gets a, a little nick off of off of Van Dijk. The ball's coming at some pace, and it's just difficult to adjust. You you do not wait for the ball to get by the defender to react. It's, it's the, the the moment that Trossard hits this, Allison is, is is moving and just can't readjust. Okay, it's mentioned a few times from you guys, and the story isn't about the celebrations, but I want to bring them up anyway. Mikel Arteta's <laughs> celebration seemed to rub Stevie up the wrong way a little bit. What did you make of Mikel Arteta celebrating Mario? Listen, people are emotional and he showed his emotions and okay, why not? I mean, club did it so many times and people don't really uh, say anything about it. I think I really don't mind. I think this was one of the moments he, you know, when you got hurt before by this team and then you play them and then your tactical movements, they work. That's, I think the celebration was more from him agreeing in what he planned. And I think that was one of the things. For me, the only thing I do, what, what the guy said, I had one question, why didn't you? Because away from home, with that energy, even if the, 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 the kid not, needs more opportunities, but instead of Gakpo, I'm not sure if he should have played Nunes, because I think he would create way more trouble for Arsenal. Even when he came on, you could see that it was more intense for them to defensively. And I felt like he waited with that. But no, I think uh, Arteta, celebration, I don't mind. I think if you win, <laughs> I'm sorry. Take it. I think I think Nunez's selection was was really a consequence of a a bruising of the foot, uh, which you know the argument is if he's fit to play half an hour, is he fit to play an hour or 75 minutes from the start? I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't have that answer. But uh, but yeah, look, I, I read a, there was a report in England today that I, I, and I might might be off on a tangent here that, that Klopp and Arteta had a little. Uh, tete-a-tete in the, in, the, uh, in the tunnel after the game regarding his celebrations whether they did or not I don't know but I don't have a problem with Arteta celebrating a goal I don't have a problem with any manager celebrating a goal outside their technical area Klopp as Mario mentioned has done it many times many times uh, so I would find it difficult for him to have a grievance with it where I do have a problem and it continues to happen and I think Arteta is the worst is during the and look I'm all for a manager going and running and celebrating. That is a time to leave your technical area. The other 89 minutes or whatever it is, I do not like Mikel Arteta or any other manager stood that far from the sideline when the game's going down <laughs> that side and he's 10 yards outside his technical area. That's where I've got a problem. I don't have a problem with the manager celebrating, but I do have a problem when the, when the match is going on with managers, and particularly him, he's the worst, 
continually being and a long way out the technical area. And by the way, that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is he's got his toes on the touchline whilst play's going on. Now, that's not right. And I think any manager now overstepping this mark, look, we've either got a technical area, folks, or we don't, right, when the game is going on. If you're stepping outside the technical area, you've got three strikes, go and sit in the stand. Sod off. Go on, go up there. Right? Because we've seen what happens when managers get too close, and I'm not blaming Klopp for this, but it shows you what, what happens. When Simicast fell over at Anfield, Klopp was only a yard, or two, maybe he was even two yards right, away. Simicast goes over, dislocates his shoulder, sweeps Klopp away. Uh, in the meantime, could have been much worse for everybody than it was. It was bad enough for the player. We have Arteta and others stood with our toes on the sideline. That's not acceptable and we need to police this. And I know this is not the big takeaway. The big takeaway is Arsenal were brilliant yesterday. But this has to stop, right? It has to stop. It's too much. You're either policing the technical area or you're not. And at the moment... They are not. I want the VAR machine to start drawing lines. <laughs> By the way, have you, seen the size, have you seen the size in particular at Arsenal? The technical area is huge. There's no need for him to be 10 yards down when people are taking throw-ins and wingers and wide players are making tackles. It, there's, just, there's just no need. He has to rein that in. So on yesterday's show, we were splitting in percentages, the top three, on the percentage that they're going to win the Premier League. Uh, so we're going to take a look at the odds for when it does come to who's going to win the Premier League. You can see as they are, obviously Manchester City, the favourites to do so. The guys were giving like a chunk 50 and then splitting it the other way. Luis Garcia obviously gave it a 50% Liverpool and then split it the other way. What are you going for, Shaka? I, I, I think City are favourites. I've always thought City were, were, were favourites. Um, so I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to echo what Stevie said yesterday. 50% Manchester City, 25% uh, to the other two. I, I, I just, listen, City have been here before. They've done it. They're coming good. De Bruyne, who is arguably the, the, the biggest game changer in the Premier League, is, is back fit and at the very least today got through got through 90 minutes. Um, and while we're full of praise for Arsenal and their performance against against Liverpool, a week ago we were talking about an Arsenal that lost to West Ham, an Arsenal that dropped points against Fulham, um, and with Champions League to come, still for them, how do they manage? That the, their, their games when they when they back again playing twice a week. Um, that is still an unknown for them. We know City and Liverpool and their experience in managing the, the, those circumstances. So I'm, I'm just thinking that that those two um, have an edge, a slight one on on Arsenal. How are you splitting it, Mario? I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be boring, but what Saka said, I, I picked City at the beginning of the season. <coughs> and then I had to change a little bit, you know, because I had Liverpool. But no, I have to give them the 25. I think Arsenal, you know, like what he said yesterday, what they showed us, they, they said like the race wasn't over on their side. So they still want to beat, and uh, that's why I will give them 25, 25. But City, I think... Look, when you look at City, the, the key thing for City now is that all the guys that were out are coming back. Or coming back, I mean, coming back in good form. I'm talking about they're already back because Haaland and De Bruyne is already back. But, I mean, those are the, head, the key figures for that team. And I think that's why, um, for that side, uh, yeah, I don't have to make too much about it. It's 50, 25, 25. Same for you? Nope. 60... 
Go ahead. I'm not going to throw a curveball. <laughs> I can tell you're looking at me. No, I'm, I'm waiting on the maths, really. Is, is the maths I'm interested in? The maths? Yeah. Do I look like Don Hutchinson to you? <laughs> right. Hey. At least I attended school on the odd occasion. And yeah. he's got, oh, and he's got and eyebrows. By the, my phone's went off. I'm going 60% city. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean your phone went? Were you working it out? Were you working 90% of this on your phone? <laughs> after, after all that, you had your calculator open. Don't give the, don't give the game away. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. 60% City, 20% split between Arsenal and Liverpool because I think it's nip and tuck between those two sides. Okay. Let me, let me give you another reason why. I was looking at this before we went on to the Arsenal thing. Here's the bench today, right? Stones... Kovacic, Grealish, dog for City, that is. Doku, uh, Stefan Ortega, he's a goalkeeper, it doesn't matter. What do you mean? <laughs> Akanji, Nunez, Oscar Bob, Rico Lewis. On the bench. Wow. <laughs> on the bench. <clears throat> you, when you look at... Come on. When every, and that's not a calculator. What can't speak, can't lie, Shaq. That's not a calculator. Oh, it's not a calculator. Don't try to change it now. 60, 60, 60, 20, 20 is 100. Take it from me. Says Craig's calculator. Where I went to school, uh, where was I? When you look at the other teams, Liverpool and Arsenal, whenever the... T take yesterday, for example. When the, when, the, when the game was going on, what's the team? Who's playing? Who's fit? Who's not? Who's, you know, what's he doing? What's Arteta doing? What's Klopp doing? Mm. How many people will actually ask that about Man City? Yeah. If it's not De Bruyne, he was out half the season. Haaland's been out. It's, it's Julian Alvarez. Phil, Phil Ford is having a great time. If it's not Phil Ford, and it's, it's Doku. He was on the bench. Grealish was on the bench. <laughs> Bernardo Silva. Rodri... I mean, it, it, it's, less about one, it's less about one or two players for Man City than it is... I mean, it potentially all falls apart if, if Liverpool and Arsenal lose two or three. If either of those lose two or three, potentially all falls apart. For City, it doesn't. For City, it doesn't. And, that's, and, and, and on top of that, obviously, they've been there, they've seen the movie, they've done it. They've only won the Champions League once, but they've been the best team in Europe for a good three or four years. They've battered Munich, they've battered Real Madrid, pretty much battered everybody who comes their way. And they're now hitting, guess what? They're hitting the straps. The steam's coming out the engine. It's the second half of the season. So it's up to the others to, 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 to stick with them. I, I still firmly believe, I've said all along, I think Arsenal potentially are in the strongest position to do so. But it is nip and tuck between them and Liverpool. It is very, very close. But City are going to take some stopping. And when you look at that bench, unless that changes, unless they have a horrific injury rest at Leicester, people will suddenly lose form they're going to be the team to beat again. And, and of course, it, with that result today, uh, Kate is in their hands. They win every game, which they're unlikely to do. But win every game, they win the league. It's, 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 it's simple maths. Simple maths with a little bit of a help of a calculator. <laughs> Things are nowhere near as rosy for Chelsea, who find themselves oh, at the boy. bottom of the uh, Premier League table right now. Mauricio Pochettino apologised to the fans after the 4-2 home defeat to Wolves. Here's what he had to say about that and about the perception of where Chelsea should be right now.
just a reminder of how things did turn out for them. Obviously, it was the last thing that they did need. Is he coming on or not? Uh, yeah, it's going to come on. Chelsea winless in the last three matches. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm desperate to hear from him. <laughs> well, he's he trying to think what to say. Because there's a conversation to be had here. There, there absolutely is. And here's what he had to say. Oh, he's not, he's not speaking. I hope it's worth the wait. No. He's too busy on the calculator. Okay? <laughs> the perception is Chelsea should be in a different position. To understand the fans is really important. We want to apologise. We are disappointed like them, but we need to fight together. We need to stay together. They are right to criticise and be angry, but the players are young. This young team needs support. To be at this club, you need to be strong. Oh. Mario, what do you make oh. of all this? Oh. Having to apologise, Pochettino, for what we saw from Chelsea. I always say this, when a manager does things like this, you know there is some trouble going on. And, of course, look, look, you, you, you played a game before. You know, you lose that game, what is it, four goals <coughs> against Liverpool. Then you have the next game, you can see it again, four goals. This doesn't help. That means defensively, and, and also when you looked at the game, you understand they were go, going on a lot. And the feeling was, uh, let's see what we're going to do now. Then they come back in the game, Wolves. And I, I always said it there, eh? Gerard O'Neill is doing a great job at Wolves. And I think some people maybe are not aware of it. And, I mean, the ones that, that watch it, of course. But the ones that, he is doing a great job. He did it at Bournemouth when he came there. And, and out of the blue, he left the job, comes to Wolves, picks up and continues his run in the sense of like tactically being really smart. Because when you are a coach and you know that you, that you play in a certain way and you're making sure that behind Silva is where the space was to hurt them. And that was behind Chilwell. So on your left-hand side, that's where they kept, kept on clipping the balls in. And that's what, because Silva doesn't like to go all the way out. So he worked on that. He worked on that tactical side you understand, to making sure that Silva has to come out. But that is not what Silva wants to do. He wants to keep everybody narrow and making sure because Domini plays in the middle of the tree. And then the game carries on. And then, come on, guys. You see, uh, Cunha, I understand you can uh, deflection on goals because people will say, oh, deflected and this and this and that. But the way the kid played, he proved something in the sense, look, you can only get deflected in, in scoring goals when you're trying. And when you watch Chelsea, it, it didn't look dangerous. And some of the guys that came on did not change the game. And we were talking about before the show um, about players like Mudrik, for example. But just in general, I feel like Chelsea has a difficulty in the sense of like they allowing people to come to the bridge and knowing there is something to get here. And I have never experienced that in my time playing there, but also watching them. And I think at the moment they're at a position now where people are too comfortable and they spend a lot of money. Look at the numbers. If you put them up, it was over a billion <laughs> they, they, they spent in getting new recruitment. And people are there. And, and, and Pochettino came out and said, like, I'm sorry for the fans. But he also said the players need to take some responsibility. But... That is normally not because you have to lead them. And I always said from the beginning, I believe in him, but I still feel that he has to put his foot down a little bit more because this is not looking really good at the bridge. Should his job be in danger right Let now? me just punch, shall I punch that into the algorithm? <laughs> Please do. See what it says about Chelsea. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of talk about, about his job and whether, whether they garbage. can even Well, listen, I, agree. I was watching yesterday because I was sat at home twiddling my thumbs and... Uh, I'm kind of with Gab a little bit, and the, the manager needs to do more. And I think Mario is 
sort of pointing that way that he has to lead. You know, his, his, his record at the moment is worse than Graham Potter. But Graham Potter was ridiculed. Too big, club not ready for this. You know, he managed Brighton, managed Palace. He's in for, he'd probably be in for that job if Roy Hodgson, Hodgson gets the sack. You know, all this sort of stuff. Nonsense. Uh, pie in the sky. His record is worse than Potter's, and yet Potter came in really late, right? Had no pre-season because Tuchel got the sack. So jumped straight in. They had European football, which was Champions League, which is extra tough. They don't have that now. Uh, and, and Pochettino has had none of that. Yeah, he's had a Carabao Cup run, and he's got to go to Villa in the FA Cup. But he had all pre-season to work, which the previous manager didn't have. He did not have that. On top of that, the money that's been spent. Now, yeah, the players have to take responsibilities, but the buck is going to stop with him. The midfield is terrible. <laughs> terrible. 200 plus million, and it looks awful. Getting dominated by Wolves, getting dominated by pretty much everybody. Uh, and and you can talk, we can keep talking about a front man. The front man, it's like, that's, like, that's like building a roof, building a house, but the roof on first. Pointless. You've got to get the rest of it right. And the rest of it is not right. I like the goalkeeper, but the back line... <coughs> it's back. It's back. <laughs> I knew it. The back line... And the boys talked about it yesterday. 39-year-old. Can't last. The other one's coming in. You know, Rhys James. Great player. I'm worried about him. Injury problems. Chillwell. Out and in. Out and in. Likes to go forward. Can't defend. <laughs> Badia Shield making mistake after mistake when he plays DCC. I haven't seen anything really yet. Caldwell's played out of position when he's played. And then we get to the middle of the park in the wide position. So before you get to this, we need a striker. You need the foundations to be right. And at the moment, they're not. Now, should they be playing better than they are with better results? Absolutely. And that boils down to the manager. I, I have to admit, I, I'm... We're more and more concerned about Pochettino and the lack of impact that, that he's having with yep. Chelsea. Um, first of all, we, everybody knew Pochettino was going to be Chelsea's manager before the end of last season. It was the worst kept secret in, in football. So while <laughs> Todd Bowley takes a lot of, uh, a, a lot of the criticism around, around the signings, certainly, well, since he's been there, but certainly this summer... I, I cannot sit here and think that Pochettino didn't have some kind of a say in who was brought in over, over, over the last summer. I, I refuse to believe that he did not, <coughs> that Pochettino knew nothing or didn't have a say as, as to who came in. I think Pochettino also got a little bit of a buy in the first half of the season because their struggles was all because Nkunku wasn't fit. Now all of a sudden, Nkunku is and Chelsea are no better at all. We are seven months in, probably over seven months if you want, if you want to consider the, the, the summer, of Pochettino's reign at Chelsea. And nothing about Chelsea has improved from day one to now. The only bright spark you can see is Palmer. Gallagher has been, has been very good. Petrovic has, has been good since, since he's come in. I remember he was, he was primarily signing, in my mind, as a number two. And Thiago Silva, who, God bless him, he's probably try, trying to retire. But, but realizes, even at 39 years old, he can't because he's Chelsea's best defender. Yeah. And, and for, for me, 
while yes, we could throw a lot, a, a lot of, of the blame at Todd Bowley and, and a lot of, of, of the disorganisation around the club at him, Pochettino hasn't done anywhere near enough um, to justify being able, being able to show up now seven months in and all he can offer is, I apologise to the fans. That's, that's not good enough. Now, a lot of fans might say this from certain clubs, but I think if you were to ask Chelsea fans, what's the one thing you would change at that club if you could? It wouldn't be the manager, although he uh, shoulders a, lot of the, a fair amount of the blame, and it wouldn't be certain players, it would be the ownership. I think there is a lot of disillusionment with their ability to understand this particular sport and how it works. And I, yeah, I get it, they brought people in. and We're having that same conversation blah, blah, blah. with Manchester United. I said, who, yeah. who, do you change your squad, do you change your manager, do you change your owner? And more times than not, people would say the owner. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. No, it, well, it, it is, but I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't really see any light at the end of the tunnel for Chelsea. Not this season. As I mentioned, they haven't got Europe. There's a fair chance they're going to get a, a, a spanking in the Carabao Cup final from Liverpool, unless fortunes change very quickly, because that's what they got at Anfield. And if you see what Wolves did to them and others, there's no reason why by that time when all those players are back for Liverpool that we've talked about today, they should be pretty much at full strength. Uh, it's difficult to envisage anything other than, than that. It might change. It's a cup final. Uh, but th at this moment in time, you would not rule out Chelsea finishing in the bottom half of the league. And that, that's, that's, some, that's some statement when you consider the amount, of, the amount of dosh that's been spent at that football club. And they have reportedly one of the top coaches in Europe, in, in Maurizio Pochettino. That's what he's supposed to be, but you go to Paris and talk to people over there, they'll tell you that, that wasn't the case. Yeah. That is a bit of a circus, I'll give you that. So this is all really, his reputation, sorry Mario, his reputation is really all about what he did at Tottenham. Maybe a little bit about Southampton, but that's, you know, it's not like they've, Chelsea have gone out and got themselves a Klopp or a Guardiola or an Ancelotti who's obviously been at Chelsea before. And I, I just don't see, there's nothing I'm looking at at Chelsea that's not saying teams will not score against us, home or away. Mario? I think I think it's tough as it is. You understand for uh, for the players because I mean if you're an individual, you're standing on the field. It's very difficult, right? But he, as a coach, um, he, he said certain things, and I said it from the beginning. I, when Poch came in, I said it was a sensitive moment. But I said like, okay, you know, with the background that he that he possessed in the sense of what he did in the Premier League, I thought for the young boys, they could be you know the right fit. Okay, then we go back and now look away seven months in what the guys already talked about. Seven months in. Uh, even if they, the, the fans now are starting to, to complain in the sense of like they're singing Mourinho's name they were singing in the last game, they, they were asking for the old owners, things like that, okay, that happens always in football, but you also have to take that serious. So I understand that, that maybe that allowed him to, uh, you know, uh, show his apologies, but I don't, I don't want him to, to jump too, too long on that because eventually they got key games coming up, eh? they play Villa. Then they're going to play Palace. Palace is in a difficult situation. And please, I'm asking them, don't go to Palace. And because Palace is in a terrible situation and don't go and help them out and not performing against them. 
and then the City game, and then the final against Liverpool. Because people thinking about the, the final against Liverpool, they say there might be the one, the anchor where he's hanging, of like he's in the final, because if they win it, they go into Europe. But you also have to remember that the game before Liverpool is against Manchester City. So that means that they could walk into that final with even lower confidence than they have right now. And I think this is one of the key things that you really, really careful with. I want to talk about the top four odds right now. Obviously, something that we don't need to worry about Chelsea with at the moment. But uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. First of all, just a reminder of the FA Cup games coming up. Chelsea in action against Aston Villa. Replays here and Plymouth Argyle taking on Leeds United. You'll be able to see both of those games on ESPN Plus on Tuesday and Wednesday. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We talk about the top four, it ends up being that the panel are usually saying either Villa or Spurs and it will change regularly. So let me ask this, why not Manchester United if things, if what we've seen recently is to be a sign of things to come from them? I'll tell you why. It's quite simple for me. And I know United have been uh, better recently, and they have, and it's great to see Hoyland uh, getting his goals, and he looks he looks good, and young Kobe Mino and Casemiro back, and you know they've lost uh, Martinez with this. Uh, uh, it's not a, a cruciate injury, but it's a, it, it's a nasty little one for I think eight weeks or so. Mm -hmm. But this is quite simple for me that I don't think this this is I don't think this will last on a consistent basis. And without beating about the bush, and I, I, I feel like I'm waffling here. At Villa and Tottenham are better sides, and that's what it boils down to for me. And yeah, they've had their blips, and Tottenham have got players to come back. Lost the late goal at Everton after dominating the game. Villa have bounced back with battering Sheffield United, but I just think those two teams are better units. I think United will get results here and there, but I don't think they will sustain a run good enough and long enough that it's going to see them bridge that gap. 
I, I just don't I just don't see them doing that. Well, I'm glad you've got your calculator with you today because we want to get percentages on here between this three that we're asking about. Villa, Spurs and Manchester United for a top well, four finish. What's that? To finish in fourth. Yeah, what? Yeah, the percentage what, 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 what have I been talking about? <laughs> we need a percentage. We need, we need a percentage, but it's OK to use it. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a cheap one. I don't know keep it. Uh, the, well, I don't know who's going to... I mean, now we're asking who's going to finish fourth out of Villa and Tottenham. That's a different day. That's tomorrow. I can't figure that. It's, this, this is not working here. Uh, who did I say last week? I can't remember. Who's the flavour of the week, then? I'm going to say... All right, you can have a little just, think about just it. Just go 60, 20, 20. You, you know that adds up to 100, so just... No, just, it's not that. Just, I mean, <laughs> I don't think... I, all right, now let's make fun of the Scotsman. Uh, HR, here we come. HR. It's not... It's not look, look. It's, it's clear for me, I don't think United will make fourth. That's clear for me. I just don't think they'll put a good enough run together. Mm. Now I've got to sit and figure out, while well, you two stare at me, Who's going to finish fourth out of... Shaka, do you care Tottenham? to wade in? Yeah, I win. I think United have a 10% chance. Right. And I think between Villa and Manchester United, uh, between Villa and, and Spurs, it's split between uh, the two. boring. So 45, 45, 10. Right. I... Mario! <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> OK, OK. Then I, go, then I go 40. I go, I, I go 40 for Spurs. I have a feeling that they, they, they will come, you know, like what he's doing, he's always coming with some stuff. And then Villa, uh, also because that helps for the next game, you know, playing against Chelsea. I give them 30 and I give um, uh, Man United, I give them 30%. How much? So, you How much you give United? 30, 30, 60, and the 40 is 100. Oh, wow. All right, all right. Right, all right. I've had time to think. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody did percent. I tell you what. Before Don Hutchinson ever walked on this show, <laughs> right? you can't no, blame Don. He's not here, but I'm blaming him. Not in a bad way. But before Don Hutchinson ever, ever set foot on an ESPN campus or in front of an ESPN camera, nobody ever talked about percentages. Yeah, blame him. Until he made a complete uh. pig's ear of it, and then it was like flavour of the month. Uh, I'm going to give United a 20% chance because that's a that's it's still a chance. Uh, I'm going to give uh, Villa. <laughs> Thirty-five. Ooh. Okay. Where am I, Shaq? <laughs> why are you going? Why are you going? I'm, I'm Tottenham forty-five. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forty-five. Yep. Forty. Just slightly in Spurs' favour, then Villa, and then United. Wonderful maths lesson today. <laughs> and lots yeah. more of this over on our YouTube channel. Make sure to always stay Craig up to date. All the maths and top four talk. By the way, I'm going to need another week off work here. <laughs> over there. Harlan De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard Spy, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. 
because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash FC. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is without a doubt one of the biggest games in Spanish football. It's Real Madrid against Atletico Madrid. Real Madrid, they have the chance to extend their lead at the top of La Liga table. Pradletti, they're still in the chase, of course, for Champions League football. No Vinicius in the starting lineup for Real Madrid. Looks like Brahim Diaz is going to play. En el vestuario y Vini tenía algún problemilla, no ha podido jugar, o sea, me han dicho de que te toca a ti, bueno, yo siempre estoy preparado. Quedaba muy poco tiempo, entonces un gol ahí siempre es una euforia. So the top of La Liga looks like this right now, ahead of the top two facing off on Saturday, that is Real Madrid and Girona. But obviously, Real Madrid just held by Atleti in El Derby in the last game and their depleted defence hurting them. Are they going to be kicking themselves? 60%. <laughs> so, so listen, the big talk was whether they should have reinforced when it came to centre-backs. Even Thierry Oaz has said that Carlo Ancelotti was actually open and wanted to bring in a centre-back in the January transfer window. When asked about it after this game, he said it's a one-off game. He's obviously not going to get into it. But are they going to be kicking themselves, Craig, that they didn't reinforce? Well, it depends how long uh, the others are out. Would be the, I mean, we know, obviously, Militao has out, been out for, for, the, for the whole of the season. Uh, Nacho and Carvajal was not ideal. They're doing okay for a bulk of it. Uh, didn't attack that ball at the end, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, could they survive in the? You know, when we're talking, you know, they might probably get away with it in La Liga. Bearing in mind, Girona are really probably the only team that's likely to take them all the way. I think the Champions League, no. Uh, that's a different uh, kettle of fish. Now, you could argue in the game, look, look, 
as Marcus Llorente got that goal and he did well that you could argue about two penalties that didn't go the way one was the, the hanging out of the leg which was you could argue about but certainly it was a push in the back and Bellingham I think it was savage uh, but I honestly felt uh, yeah, that was a problem. But the, the other problem was is that Real Madrid, at the, for the last 10 or 15 minutes, <clears throat> were sort of tippy-tapping the ball around and, the fight, and uh, just inside or outside their own box as if the game was over at 2 or 3-0. I, and I, I personally think they invited the, the Atletico Madrid pressure back onto them. Uh, now, that is a makeshift back four if you've ever seen one. I mean, left back has been... An issue for them for, for most of the season. Uh, obviously, Danny Carvajal goes to goes to right back, but Lucas Vasquez is you know effectively is a wide player, but he can play sort of everywhere. The the ironic thing is is they look really good in the middle of the park at the moment with uh, Valverde, Kroos, and, and and Camavinga. But yeah, that the answer is it could be a problem. I don't. I think they could get away with it in La Liga, possibly, but not the Champions League. I, I, I think Rudiger should be back. Uh, for, for, for the next game next weekend, or if not very soon, yeah. Chua many on his way back. Even though Chua many, um, while while better than that Nacho and Carvajal as a centre back, that's not his natural position no, either. No, he was suspended anyway for this clash. So <coughs> you 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 have the same kind of. Um, I, I think that that Llorente goal comes because neither centre back that's their natural position, so they don't know how to react. In, in the moment, which you've seen with too many at times when he's played centre-back. He hasn't done what a centre-back naturally would do, but he's been better than, than those two. So that I think that, that boosts, that boosts uh, Real in, in that regard. And I, I'm with Craig in that. I, I think they, they, they still go on to win La Liga. While drop points is great, keeping Girona in it, everybody, uh, everybody w would love to see that fairy tale come true. But I think Real Madrid have enough for La Liga. I've never thought they were favourites or, or would go on to win, win the Champions League. Obviously, not having, or if this continues for, 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 for some period, um, I, again, that just kind of takes away from, from those chances. Will it cost them? As I say, I, I never thought um, they had enough to start with. There's only one player playing out of position yesterday. Carvajal. Yeah, no, I mean, no, uh, Nacho has played... It's your fourth and Na sixth place good I find no, Nacho can Nacho, play anywhere. You can Nacho can play anywhere. But no, absolutely. Great. Nacho has played centre-back a bunch of times. I mean, mm. probably over 100. Oh, give or take. I don't know. I'm making it up. But he's played that. But he can play anywhere in that back four, can't he? Mm. Yeah. He's got the nous, the experience, everything. It was one position sort of next to him which was unusual. And, and, and Danny Carvajal but let, listen Real Madrid had this game and they had it in the bag mm -hmm. they invited that Atleti pressure back onto them by by not killing this game off and as I said sort of tippy-tapping the ball about I was watching them try to play the ball out their own penalty box at the end yeah. uh, and, and, and drag backs and, and Cruyff turns and, and I'm thinking it's 1-0 one, it's, one it's not 3-0 they were also stretching the game open, right? Because if you watched, when you were watching the game, you could see that the game was so stretched and they did not even care if it was that wide open because I think, I think Ancelotti's tactic was like, let's stretch the game open so we can get one more 1v1. One one. And it was one, maybe one or two moments, especially Diaz. You know, he's in the top form, but the way he, I think he nutmegged someone and then he could, you know, like he tried to deliver it in far post. But... 
just as players, when I watch them play, the biggest question that you guys highlighted, Carvajal, when the ball goes up and you're a center half and you have two yards or three yards to attack the ball, you would attack it. And this moment, you could see that that position was, you know, like Shaka uh, said that, they didn't attack the ball, but he had a moment. It was perfect for him to go at the ball ahead of it. And he waited, and that's how they could get that, that goal. That's the only answer. And away from that, I said, like <laughs> like, like Craig said, Kamavinga at the left side, you saw one time, he started doing flicks and holding the ball up. And I was like... What's you guys are not there yet. This is the biggest derby in Spain for them. Then you understand because come on, this is the Madrid derby. So you know, control the game in the sense of yeah. Sometimes you got to sit and sometimes you got to go. But uh, Atletico tried to hold that on because that's the way they play, sit together. But there were moments they uh, Madrid was inviting them Real to to stretch them open and they would not always bite. And then Real was just holding on. To it. And that was the only thing. I think they should have killed the game better off because they were better off if they would have killed it off. It would have been 10 times better for them because they had a, enough opportunities in the first half to do that. At least it keeps the league going. Yeah. Because that goal Girona got chopped off was terrible. Is that just me? How can you go back 36 seconds? Am I, am I, am I going off script here? Well, no, because I suppose they're coming up next and they are going to be, they've got some problems. Of How can now. you have a goal, that great goal that you're on, in a big game against Real Sociedad at home, who are a good side, right, you, you're going neck and neck, little old Girona going neck and neck, head to head with Real Madrid, and they take an offside back after Real Sociedad have had two attempts, two poor attempts at clearing the ball, right? And, and they go back, they found any way possible not to give that goal to Girona. I mean, really. And I get it. He was offside <laughs> from the initial ball through. There was several phases of play, including two times Real Sociedad had a chance to knock it out the ground or back to the halfway line or, or way out. They did not do that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, we think... I mean, I'm like, everybody's making VAR errors, right? No matter if you're in Italy and Germany, no matter what anybody says, or, or England, or any of the big leagues. But... If there's, a, if there's an Olympics for horrendous VAR decisions at the moment, then La Liga has currently got the gold net. Somebody's putting the gold medal around their neck. Right? They're already yeah. going up there. They're getting up the podium and they're going, go on, you cannot possibly make any more worse decisions. And, and if you're saying that's worse, and if I'm, in my opinion, saying it's worse in England, that's saying something. So... Yeah, they're playing this weekend. They didn't have Dovbik either, and you know they had these problems. And it was, and as I mentioned, Real Sociedad are a very good side. But boy, I was watching that at the weekend, and I thought, oh my god, what, 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 what next? Well, let me put you in a better mood. This is what I'm next. In a good mood. Good luck. Kylian Mbappe. Oh. oh god. We have to start talking about this now. Yeah. Because Le Parisien said he's made his decision. It will be Real Madrid in the new season. And it's been confirmed as well by our Julien Laurent. Guess what? In 25th of December, it's Christmas. And people get presents. Oh, he's going to Real Madrid, is he? Oh, bore me another one. Good grief. What's he done now? Well, well, you don't want to go to Madrid? The word I don't care where he goes. I just don't, I'm sick of it, Mario. I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth. You're talking about this guy, right? He should have went 18 months ago or whatever it was. Aren't you happy that he's made his decision? I don't care. Just read my lips. 
I don't care what okay. Kylian Mbappe or anybody else does, right? Makes not a jot of a difference to me, right? Not a jot of a difference. <laughs> he should have got out of that circus a long time ago, right? So instead he sat... Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I, I tell you what, it's a massive, even the director weekend. was bored of Kylian Mbappe. The top two face <laughs> one another in both Spain and in Germany, and we have got both of those games for you. Make sure to be with us on ESPN Plus for Real Madrid against Girona and Leverkusen against Bayern. And there's a lot more talk about all of these topics. And you can blame Jules for bringing the Killian and Mbappe <laughs> stuff because he's the one that got it confirmed for us. The latest episode just uh, dropped today. Uh. Make sure to go and check that wherever you do get your podcasts. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Oh, God. Oh, we're back on. <laughs> yeah, back on. And we're back for a little bit longer as well because extra time's coming up next. Uh, you, know what, you know what the algorithm says? Mbappe says no. <laughs> okay. I haven't got the questions, Craig. All right, Craig will run. Craig will, Craig will. Well, I would Craig will have a jog. Uh, what if he starts coughing, though, Chef? Oh, God. <laughs> I've got this innovative new idea. <laughs> Go on, then. Why don't we read them off the bottom of the screen? OK, that's yeah, let's exactly do that. what we'll do. We've got Mario, Craig and Chef. It's a bit like when the graphics come up on the camera. I can't see them. On extra time. I, I can't see the, screen. I can't see the questions at the bottom of the screen I either. still can. So let's see what we've got for you guys tonight. Hopefully no Mbappe questions. Oh, here, here comes the questions. If you want to go get them. Number one. You see, I can't If you're that. Jack Grealish, do you consider making a move away from City in the summer if your playing time is still spotty at best? Uh, no, not just yet. I, I, I think <clears> um, 
I think Grealish has seen significant time under Pep Guardiola, maybe nowhere near as much as, as he would like this season. But that's how Pep does things. And, and I think one benefit to it is players generally grow under Pep Guardiola. And I, I say that kind of painfully aware of having <laughs> started life away from Pep Guardiola. Um, but if, I, if I'm Grealish and I've seen my game kind of come on as it, as it has, and you know that Pep, if need be, will make big decisions to leave out anybody who's ahead of him, I, I stick around for now. Do you know what I don't understand? Chinese writing. I don't know. <laughs> I understand that, you know. Sometimes. Uh, why that's only coming out the com the computer, the printer now? Because we were waiting till the last Do minute we to get really... the best questions. Well, that's what I was thinking. Do we really leave it right to the death, just in case, in the off chance, somebody asks a decent question? Because I can tell you, this is a gigantic waste of time. The next one's brilliant. <laughs> well, that'll be the first in ten years. Ready? Craig. I think Pochettino needs the encouragement of the positivity corner. Right, <laughs> 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 okay. what, what do you got? I'm waiting to no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, my, I'm energy sapped from my... You've had about the man flu. You have. Somebody gave it to me. I don't know who. I'm saving the positivity corner. I'll tell you why. Don't want to over... You don't want to over... You don't want to overcook this. You've already given Chelsea a bit of love in it as well, haven't you? Well, it's only Chelsea, there's nobody else. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, they're, they're playing in a very big game on Wednesday, live on our networks, right? Mm -hmm. This is the FA Cup this Wednesday, isn't it? Um, yes. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, yes, fill up, fill again. All right, that's me. That's my one promo for the week. Don't ask me to tweet <laughs> it out or anything like that. I've done, done. Anybody sees it. So you may have to be in the corner for the whole game. Correct. The whole show. <laughs> <laughs> so we come in, there's just me sitting in the chair over there, trying to f next to the camera in a dimly lit area. Uh, I'm not worried about that, to be honest. That's a director's problem. And uh, so I'm saving it for that, because I've got a feeling the way they're playing that I might need to bring that into play on Wednesday. <laughs> Somebody oh said God. that the picture that went with the YouTube uh, picture last time you were in the positivity corner... The thumbnail? Look, the thumbnail looked like Michael Myers. Not far off. It's just like a silhouette. Scary, <laughs> looming. Oh, God. Well, oh my God. Not far off. But Michael Myers might be back over there. <laughs> Uh, Mario, do you think Pep Linders is ready to be a manager and what's a good level for him? Any ideas on potential clubs? Oh, I mean, club came out and he said that, you know, because he was his right-hand man to get, get the job in anywhere. I think he's almost putting him in, in the window to be available. But uh, any ideas? I mean, look, we can talk about big clubs for, for managers like that. But if they haven't done the job yet, I would, I would, like an assistant is different than being in charge. And people have to understand that, that I've never been there, but I'm just saying like, for having assistants with me and having the main guy with me was always different because if the main guy walks in, everybody's quiet in the dressing room. When the, when the assistant walks in, ah, we talking. Because you know that he's not gonna make up the team. So now, the, if the roles are gonna shift, I think, um, um, I think the journey of what O'Neill is doing is a great journey and I think he should be looking at something like that, build himself slowly up and getting to where he needs to be. Chaka, the countdown to Carnival has begun. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited for and can we expect any feathers this year? No, day? no, no feathers. <laughs> 
I've never had feathers. <laughs> Dan spreads that rumor. Maybe this is the year then? No, no. I've ne- I've, Dan spreads, I've never been spotted with feathers. Do other people have feathers here? I've not, obviously not been. Yes. Mostly women have wear feathers and all sorts, and my wife wears costumes with feathers, but not me. But dance. Why not, Shaka? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the feathery type. No. <laughs> Maybe, if you've never tried it, how can you know? I know. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I know. I'm not the feathery type. Let's let's just leave it there, Kay. Let's just all leave right. it there. That man, he's got a reputation to uphold. Uh, right? Yeah. Yes. But Shaka, are, are you going home to to celebrate the carnival? Yes. Are you staying in America? Oh my no, god. No, no, I'm going home. I'm, I'm going home. I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, you're not trying uh, no, away leave, from I my leave, country, but. I leave Wednesday morning. Leave Wednesday morning. Oh, so I'll be, wow. I'll, so be, I'll, be, I'll be watching all the games from Trinidad. Carnival is the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. last a weekend. Yeah, so. That's a weekend, but the, the build up will be all weekend, and the carnival is next week, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay. Back. Okay. Two days after that. When the flight. Phew. Oh! Two days after that. When things calm okay. down a little bit. Will he go and breathe in the ocean air and walk out into the distance? I need, like I need you know, I need need that to, you know, recover <laughs> fully. To be positive. <laughs> we, can't, we can't all be as positive as Craig. No. The waves crashing in, he's looking out into the ocean going, how can I have another six weeks? <laughs> that, that is worth pondering. That it's is beautiful. Pondering. Oh, so that's worth pondering, but not the feathers. No, okay. no, I, no, I well, ponder you- the feathers. I'm not Will a you feather. tune in uh, once you get to Trinidad? Because I know we're big down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the Caribbean. Every night I'll be on. I'll be watching. If I, if I go to the, if I, if there's any need for me to <laughs> skedaddle over to the positivity corner, will that entice you onto the show, or will you be uh, knee deep in bourbon by then? No, I, 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 I won't have the uh, ability. I won't have a camera or anything. Of well, sort. Stevie was able to do it from Disney World for us. Shaka, he set he set the standard now. No, I've, I've, I don't have any Wi-Fi in Trinidad. <laughs> oh, come on, I've been to Trinidad. Don't even start it. Before no work in Trinidad. Stevie made the cardinal come sin, on. didn't he? He picked the phone up. Yeah, exactly. Shaka, Shaka, don't start, because I've been to your country. Because Suriname, my country, is really close to yours. So don't even start it. You got perfect internet, man. Because yeah, my, I've been my, my to phone, come to Suriname, you got to go to 3D. I don't have roaming. I don't have roaming on my phone. I don't have roaming, Mario. That's all it is. OK, OK. Okay. All right, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, please. Shaka, Manchester United has had 11 different centre-back partnerships this season. As a goalkeeper, how difficult is it to play without a consistent back four in front of you? Yeah, it's, 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 it's never fun. You develop a relationship mm-hmm. with, with your back four, you know, and, and um, they get to know you just as much as, as, as you know them. And when it continually changes, um, that, that's a tough adjustment, especially for somebody like Andrew Nana, who's just coming in and just trying to establish his own presence within within that team but then in doing that has to you know kind of think about exactly which two center backs are playing their likes and dislikes so it just adds to it just adds to the pressures of a, a new goalkeeper coming in for mario what's your favorite stadium in holland to watch a football match i mean the ajax stadium the arena I have to call that stadium because as a, as a young boy it was the first stadium I'm telling you okay when the weather was bad it was raining wise we let we let the beginning of the game be let the rain drop on the pitch so the game becomes fast and then they shut the roof okay that luxury I have to say to you it was pretty impressive and another stadium I have to be honest I don't like calling it because that's the big arrivals of us 
is a Feyenoord stadium and people know that. You know, when it comes to football, they're very good. But Ajax will be forever. Amsterdam. I, I, I love hearing that, Mario. But while we are here with Ajax, it's a perfect opportunity to talk about Jordan Henderson's debut and Gareth Southgate in the stands. Yeah, he came to watch him play because he's obviously in his books. So I watched the game uh, because it was uh, Ajax PSV. PSV is the, the number one in our league. And Henderson, uh, they brought him over because of the experience and calm down with all the young boys because the team was like, what, a 22, 23 years old? Kind of the the, middle, uh, the, the age difference. So he came in, um, he hadn't played from December. So coming into the game, I think he did well. He looked fit. I know that people want to put pressure on him because they say like they demand more and want to see more. But that's not Henderson. Henderson is a guy that sits in front of the defense controls the game and making sure to hold everybody together and allow others to expose themselves. And I, I understand Holland is maybe asking for different things, but sometimes we also have to understand that the football we play at home is great, but it's not always football that we are allowed to play somewhere else. And I think we as Dutchies not always get that. We think that we can play the beautiful football everywhere, but it doesn't work. So Henderson did a good job, but it was his first game. Now he's going to, I think, hear a fame. And that's going to be a very interesting one because it's going to be a totally different game. So he has to be ready for that because it's going to demand way more than the PSV one because he could sit. And that is not the Ajax system against Herofane. They're going to make the game. And that will be a whole totally different game for him. Southgate's having a panic up, isn't he? You're looking at me. Why? Well, what do you mean, why? Well, if something happens to Declan Rice, Henderson's the most experienced. And his other go-to guys having an absolute beast at the moment, Calvin Phillips. Yeah. That's the problem. So he's having a panic up. Phillips has got himself out there to get game time, and he's way mm. off. The, I mean, by by the summer, that might have remedied itself. But at the moment, he looks like the couple of years he's had it sit, he's had sitting on his backside at City have not done him any good, obviously, whatsoever. Then you're looking at Ward Prowse and others. Ward Prowse is a good player, but he's having he's thinking to himself, I've got all these great players in the forward position and middle fullbacks and maybe a little bit struggling at centre back, but that, that sitting midfielder and he used sometimes he likes two in there, because he is a little conservative sometimes. But if something happens to Rice, he might have to go to Henderson now that he's not playing in Saudi Arabia in the pub league, he's over in Holland because Calvin Phillips is having a bad time. I tell you what, that's the negativity corner for any England fan. If but he's Scottish, isn't he? Well, no, right. all Scots, all Scots <laughs> men are in the negativity corner when it comes to England. Well, it's not going to make a difference. <laughs> they're not going to win it. So, you know, if they're scraping the barrel with going, you know, Henderson's almost in his Zimmer frame now, isn't he? What's he saying, three? I don't know. I wouldn't mind being that. Younger. All right. Is the only I was 33, I could barely walk. Craig, this is from your alter ego. Is the only Which real one? solution <laughs> is the only real solution for Chelsea to have the owners sell sell we can blame managers? Is, all right. Is the only real solution on, for Chelsea on, 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 to on. have the owners yeah. sell? Start again. We can blame managers and players, but the truth is these owners make United's owners look brilliant. At the moment. They're not selling. They're not selling, they've got a huge investment there in the middle yeah. of the prime, prime, <laughs> really prime area in. of London. Yeah. I mean, they can't go until we have an all-star game. <laughs> they just can't. <laughs> they, they're thinking about building a new stadium. They can't do that. Yeah. Selling now. Come ah. on. No. No.
They're knocking down the cement. No, they can't do that. <laughs> the other side of the railway track. What did you think of the fans singing for Mourinho? That's not happening. It's like asking Carol Lewis to come back and win the gold medal at the Olympics. It's not happening. He lives in London, so this will be the third time. Sounds like Mario's, I tell you what, Mario's rooting for him. There's another 7.89 7 million people live in London, but they yeah. ain't getting the change. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's going to cost them a lot of money if they do that, though, okay? Because yeah. they, what, 10 million to what? Uh, Potter and then. 13 to what is it, Tugel or something? It's like, and then they gotta give Pochettino 10. Oh my god, they better just stay down, calm down, and just wait and give have the right people around him. Because I feel sometimes in the club, I don't know if everybody's head is in the right direction because it looks a little bit bumpy there. Certainly does. It's the greatest job in the world now, isn't it? Really, we're one of them. I mean, there's, there's plenty, but if you want. If you want to get paid, I mean, it's seven days a week, I'll give you that. There's not a lot of time for golf, but, you know, if you want to, uh, you go in, these 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 top managers, they're not the not Klopp, and the ones that are getting the sack, sorry, they go in, do all right for a year or 18, but they get the sack. <coughs> Shouldn't have started this story, should I? <laughs> <laughs> Miskovsky, <laughs> okay, really okay, all right. Look at Graham Potter. Let's let you go and get some medicine. Put your feet I got my medicine tonight. Get your Killing Mbappe on the show. That was enough medicine I need. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with more. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>